And then also you add in a, a podcast, like down the hall podcast, who's picking movies for you. And all you have to do is like, while you're driving to work, listen to two guys, have fun talking mm-hmm. about movies, laughing at nonsense, and making you, fun of people calling you Mr. Rodney. Next thing you know, you got a movie night. If you have Apple TV, you just talk into the remote and you say, play anything on Netflix and it'll play. Yeah. Wow. So tell you what, we've got Netflix and down the hall podcasts. It's, it's the best Netflix, combination yeah. since Apple TV PB&J. sponsoring us, right? I think so. Just picture me high up with my top down on Highland and Sunset doing 85 on the top deck. See step by step, we walking on stars. If you're looking for some action, you ain't gotta go. So we're back with another movie night pick for you, as well as a movie to avoid. Uh, Rodney, I have a story for you though before we get started. Okay. Um, so every week we tell people that we save. Uh, people 115 hours that they would otherwise be wasting by looking for a movie to watch. Um, and we always ask the question, what would you do with an extra 115 hours? And I realized in my life, there will be occasions where I will waste so much time doing something that I thought would take like 20 minutes that I need to have a reserve of those 115 hours ready to go to like bring into my day to extend my day. So true. So I think my answer this week is I would I would probably just save some of them for moments like what I'm about to explain. Yeah, I know these moments, but I'm curious what this is going to be. So you know that I flew to Kansas City last weekend. I do. And the reason I went was to speak with my girlfriend's parents yep. about asking their ble- for their blessing so I can ask her to marry me. Right? It was something that meant a lot to her, meant a lot to me for me to actually go there and, and talk with them. So yeah, I did. It's very cool. Now, for the last couple of years, her father's been making jokes that, like, when that time comes, like, I'm going to need to bring goats, like, to trade with him, like, to barter. Yeah, like old. Uh, I mean, in, in, you know, in I his think, defense, I, I feel like you sh- you should have. If it's this story a, it's a ends lovely tradition, you, it's a lovely tradition. If right? this I mean, story doesn't end with you bringing a dowry of some sort, then nothing says romance like like barn animals is is what yikes. I always say. Uh, so anyway, so so knowing this and knowing that there was this ongoing joke. Um, I thought, you know what, Chet, you're a funny guy. Uh, (laughs) Presumptuous. So I thought, why don't I bring uh, a stuffed animal goat? I'll show up and it'll be, it'll be hilarious. They'll, they'll, they'll all love it. They'll think it's the best thing. And then, and that will be what will get you over the hump, right? Do you know how hard it is to find a stuffed goat? No, it's not hard because you just use Amazon. Yeah, I get that. But I waited till the last day, like the day before I was leaving, yeah. to find it. Because I that like of all the things that I needed I need to do for this, like in this stage of my life. Yep. Finding the stuffed goat was like fifty item points down on the list. Chet, right? if like if it's way if, if our not podcast saves people hundred and fifteen hours, Amazon saves people years. Years every year. I think you I think th- I'm disagreeing with you. I'm not. I'm no, just no, saying. No. I'm just saying that, like, of all the things I had to think through and like mentally juggle, the goat was like not even anywhere near the top. Just wasn't. So I always kind of thought in my head that's going to be something I can get whenever I need to get it. I'll just run to like a dollar store and they have stuffed animals. I'll find the stuffed goat and it'll be great. It'll be a part of like a quick errand I have to run. So the day before I'm flying out, I go out to the dollar store. No goat. Okay, no big deal. I'll go to Walmart, go to the toy section, 
for some reason, they're like clearing out all the toys. Like the, the all the toy section was basically empty. Kids don't play probably with toys anymore. We don't know, but I mean, it's probably all technology now. It's so, all computers. Oh, for two. So then I go to Target, right? I remember seeing stuffed animals in Target like earlier that week. I go there, nothing, no goats. Okay. So then I think, okay, my, my absolute like fail safe would be Toys R Us because they have everything. Like they have everything toys. Yeah. I'm not sure why you didn't start there, but yeah. So I wasn't anywhere, anywhere near it. So I drove to Toys R Us. I go in and they have a bunch of stuffed barn animals, pigs, cows, ducks, no freaking goats, Mm. no goats. No one wants goats apparently. So I'm like, you know what it is, is that goat became, so I guarantee you in New England, there's no more goats because everyone is buying them to have Tom Brady sign them because now all of a sudden goats become synonymous with greatest of all time. Right. Well, either that or they're just buying them because they need to go propose to their girlfriends and like all the goats have already been bought. Yeah. I'm just late to the game. You know, I feel like goat wouldn't be the greatest. And wouldn't you bring a cow? So I, now that's the fourth store I've gone to. Okay. Dollar store, Walmart, Target, Toys R Us, nothing. So I'm thinking, what do I do? And I remembered, wait a minute, Build-A-Bear. Build-A-Bear has stuffed everything. Like any, like there's like stuffed like aliens from Toy Story there. Like you can find anything there. And I go and- Can I ask I what you asked I shuffle a bunch them? of like six-year-olds. I said, I didn't ask. I wasn't about to ask. You can pretty much survey and think like there are no goats. They're not going to have like a box of goats out back that they're not then showing out for everyone else to get. Well, I don't know. I mean, how popular is a goat stuffed animal? Clearly not very. I'd build a bear. Now I've gone, like, now I literally don't have any more ideas. Like, again, Amazon's always an idea, but still, I wanted to be able to show up in Kansas City with something, and this was the day, like, the day before I was leaving. So I'm kind of walking around. I I was getting ready to leave and just think, well, I'll have to send them a goat and, like, write them a letter or something. At this point, I was ready to buy, like, a real goat. But you knew like, you I, needed I was the goat to think, push you but, over the edge. So I'm walking. I find this one. It's not even a toy store. It's like a board game store. And I look, and I see, like, I think they have stuffed animals. I go, and there's this big wall of stuffed animals, and it, like, descending in size from top to bottom. And I finally see, I look, and I see a freaking stuffed goat. The light descended down, and there were harps and flutes playing. And I and I picked it up, and I I spun it around like five times just to make sure it was a goat. Like saw the horns, saw the beard, and thought <laughs> and saw that the name the name of it was Gabby. So like alliteration, Gabby yeah. the goat. Like it, the price tag could have said six hundred dollars, and I would have gladly paid for it. I got the goat. I brought it to Kansas City, and I'm happy to say it was a huge hit. That's uh, that's great. That's great. I it needed, is a great story. I needed the extra, the extra time. Well, you needed, yeah, you needed the extra time. You probably needed the goat, right? I mean, yeah, you know, you got to bring the goat probably to seal the deal. That's what Uncle Rodney always says. Gotta, that's, what I, that's what I've always said. You got to bring the goat to seal the deal. Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course. It's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And here we go. All right. So what's the movie we're looking at tonight? Uh, the movie that we're looking at tonight is uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, I've just got to sh- change my screen. I was going to tell you how quickly you could have bought goats on Amazon. Chat six dollars, six dollars. Could have had it one day for ten. So just an FYI, future. 
Um, Next time. But Nightcrawler came out in 2014. Um, This movie was an hour and 58 minutes long, so it's kind of a longer movie. Uh, Crime drama thriller with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's currently on Netflix. It also features Rene Russo, Bill Paxton, late uh, Bill Paxton, and Riz Ahmed, who is from... I think he's in all sorts of stuff now. He's in Star Wars. Uh, Star Rogue Wars. One. He's uh, the Night of, which is where I, you know, saw him for the real like remember had a really memorable performance, uh, and was directed by Dan Gilroy. I think this was his his directorial debut. I mean, it. This is a great movie. It is. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. So, like Rodney said, it's a Netflix find, which is something we always try to you know make sure we prioritize getting out there for you guys. Uh, it came out in 2014, which is my favorite year for movies. I've said it a million times. Uh, this one, I think that year flew under the radar a little bit, um, but it is a extremely memorable one. Uh, and what I mean is, uh, anytime I talk about this movie to people, they say two things. Oh, yeah, that movie was great. Jake Gyllenhaal was so creepy. So creepy. He is. He's a very memorable character in that way. So it's about uh, he's down on his luck. He doesn't have a job. And he's living in L.A. And somehow he finds out that there's such thing as like crime journalism. Um, and so he he gets into the crime journalism scene, uh, kind of running his own business. Uh, picture TMZ, but instead of for like pop culture, more for like devastating crimes and murders and bank robbers and stuff like that. Car he's, accidents. He's He's trying to get to the scene first before any of these other kind of little agencies will show up with their cameras. He wants to be the first one so he can sell the tapes to, you know, the different news outlets. Um, but what happens is he's so methodical and cold and calculating as a, as a character that like, he just kind of treats people as, as sort of objects towards his success, towards his like budding empire that he's building. Uh, and he puts people in positions where like he's, his only focus is continuing to grow and be number one. Right. It gets really crazy when the lines get blurred between him observing and filming crimes versus almost like aiding and abetting crimes, like almost yeah. like or not doing anything not about doing anything them. To, about them, not reporting them because he wants to be first. He wants to film the scene before the cops arrive and kind of mess it all up or like, stop things it. like that. Right. Any <laughs> or any, stop a scene, anything like that. Right. And so um, it's all about how that tension that's built And Bill Paxton. He plays a great character, too, because he represents sort of the. uh yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's company sort of main rival, a guy who's been doing it a lot longer than him. And is kind of like the veteran and Gyllenhaal is kind of like the new rookie on the scene and he's pushing the envelope. So, uh, really, really worth your movie night. It's definitely not a feel good movie. It's no. definitely not a date night movie. It's more of no. like, you want an interesting story. One that I don't think has really been talked about much like crime journalism and with a really great performance by, whom I consider to be a really great actor and Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, one that you'll remember and one that's easily accessible to you on Netflix. Don't miss this one. It's a great movie night. Yeah, no. And I think the only thing that I'll add, and I, you already hit it, but I think what becomes really interesting is it's one of those movies that hits on a topic that then makes you think like, Oh, I never considered that footage that news outlets always brag about wanting to be first or try and be first that that happens every day, you know, that people want that kind of footage and that there are these people, um, out there just trying to find it and be the first ones to film it and potentially even push the envelope as to how much can we show like what's too gruesome what's too graphic and so it's one of those movies too in addition to the great performances the great story kind of the chilling story really you also leave like 
there are people who do this for a living. Yeah. There's actually a great quote by Denzel Washington. I'll see if I can find it and play it where he's basically talking about the, um, the obligation that news outlets have to, to be truthful, whereas they're so focused That's on being first. Question. What is the long-term effect of too much information? One of the effects is the need to be first, not even to be true anymore. So what a responsibility you all have to, be, to tell the truth, not just to be first, but to tell the truth. We live in a society now where it's just first. Who cares? Get it out there. We don't care who it hurts. We don't care who we destroy. We don't care if it's true. Just say it. Sell it. Anything you practice, you'll get good at, including BS. I think this movie touches on that, too, where facts get blurred, too. It's more about just the shock factor. They're looking for the the clicks or the buzz or whatever it is. No, I mean, that's how they're all competing, right? You know, I think, well, we all have some sense of that now. I mean, everything from fake news to just people reporting something before it's actually real or doing throws through outlets that maybe they can't get in as much trouble because they didn't actually, you know, they did it on Twitter as opposed to actually from their news outlet. But um, yeah, it's problematic. It's problematic. People rush, try and say something. People freak out. I mean, I feel like there's been plenty of stories of people who are dead, who are not dead, you right. know, which is a, which is a scary thing to think. And we know that in terms of agencies, but in this movie to have it centered in one person who's building his own agency, his own empire, that was yeah really, really cool to watch. And Riz Ahmed plays, this assistant that he like brings on that Joe and Hall brings on who's somewhat, I don't know, slow, like a little slow. Um, like definitely I can't not- tell if he's slow or he, he's certainly innocent in the sense of yes. like, you know, he's not, he's out there just really looking for work. Mm-hmm. And so Jake Gyllenhaal was also who was looking for work, but also was kind of, I don't know if conniving is the word, but he like, once he zeroes in on this idea, he's like really deliberate yeah. about like you had said like zeroed in he knows exactly what he's going to do he he really probably doesn't care he's almost socio sociopathic oh, in what he's 100% willing to do sociopathic um, yeah and then needs to bring on help for a, as a cameraman and so brings on uh the character portrayed by Rizamed and um it's yeah i think in that process you just see this other you know person who just needs some work and it's just following along, but following along is Jake Gyllenhaal is just doing insane things like driving fast behind other cars, you know, like a, yeah. a car chase. He's just making him film the whole thing as he drives and follows it and, you know, just insane stuff. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I'm thinking I just said, oh, 100% sociopathic. Like you and I have any credibility to be like diagnosing, <laughs> diagnosing people. Uh, I oh, don't yeah, know. You heard it here first down the hall podcast. I took a class Jake uh, Hall, in psychology chat. So why don't you, why don't you ease up a little bit? Took intro to uh, psychology, <laughs> intro to times. psychology. And, uh, when I was a junior in high school, I took a college course when I was a junior in high school. Not a big deal. Chet. Why don't we stick to the things we know better? Uh, what did you give it on a scale of one to 10? Uh, I gave it an eight. It's uh it's a haunting movie with, with great performances. Um, you know, a few things maybe kept it from, from being higher than that, but I mean, a really memorable movie. Definitely. I, I gave it an eight as well. It's one that, like I said, is a storyline that I don't think I've seen replicated or if, if, if there is a story like this, I don't know of it. Uh, and Jake Gyllenhaal's performance alone uh, I think deserves a high rating. So easily an eight, probably, you know, 8.5 if I could do that. So, yeah. Uh, what does it have on IMDb though? Uh, what did the general public give it? 
the general public right now has it as a 7.9. So that's obviously right where for, we are, yeah. yeah, for IMDb, it's right where we are, but obviously for as many people have reviewed it, I mean, that's, that's a really high score on IMDb. So again, a movie you should get out and see, but, uh, I think it's time to now transition into the professionals opinions. Hate, 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 hate. double hate, loathe entirely. I like you a lot. So I'll start with the Rotten Tomatoes. Um, again, basically what percentage of critical review or, or professional reviews uh, have it as a positive review. Um, and that is a 95%. So 95% of all critics are saying this is a great movie. Yeah, which makes sense because I didn't find too many uh, negative reviews. Um, but the worst review did come from Slate. Not, not not slant. Not slant. Close. You thought for a second I was going to say slant. I was sure. going to say, "Wow, you are so hung up slant. on slant." Didn't you say recently that you were you were looking at a movie independently of the podcast, just looking up a movie? Yeah, I was looking up a movie, and, and slant was the worst review. <laughs> it for was. It. I was. I I think it was a movie that I really liked. I'm trying to remember what it was. Well, anyway, slate says of Nightcrawler, uh, Nightcrawler, like its entrepreneurial to a fault protagonist, is ambitious but ultimately hollow. It's eager to dazzle and shock us, but reluctant to let us inside. Well, what does I mean, know. like they don't feel emotionally connected to uh, Jill and Hall. I guess that's what it means. I guess it means that it's more portray- like it maybe not enough character development. I do hate some of these reviews that get really like flowery is the wrong word with the language, but just get really abstract with the language that they use because I want to be like, what exactly are you saying? I don't think he. I don't think it needed as much character development either just because he does kind of stay the same the whole time we see him as this bone chilling character this kind of yeah. maniacal person from right. the start of the movie but what changes is not him what changes are his circumstances so we see how that personality yeah. is played out in this new venture of his right so and where he doesn't so much change as a character he brings his uh his quirkiness right into this new thing and maybe, there's a lot of ramifications yeah maybe the the only thing that i would say is okay about that is and maybe even something that keeps it from being a nine ten to me is he is so central so like obviously he has this you know sidekick that that works with him that you know has more emotion but i think the fact that he is so central to the whole story and is cold the whole time i think it might be okay or i think it might be fair to say it feels like you're just watching it while never really being involved in the characters because someone who is as sociopathic as he is throughout this whole movie, it's hard to really probably attach yourself to it or attach yourself to their emotions because it's kind of like they don't have emotion. They yeah, are, he's crazy. They are just, you know, as they said, very entrepreneurial to a fault. Yeah. So, but because it's a 95%, most of the reviews were like the one I'm about to read. Uh, so the best review actually came from the wall street journal and it reads like this, uh, Mr. Gyllenhaal's, Startling portrayal is far from the only distinction in this impeccably crafted feature film. Mr. Gilroy's directorial debut connects its hero's tactic madness to the larger craziness of a broadcast medium that teaches vast numbers of viewers to live with a sense of insecurity. I have an issue, not with the review, because whatever, it agrees with us. I feel like if this was the worst review, you and I would be immediately making fun of the fact that they called Jake Gyllenhaal Mr. Gyllenhaal and Mr. Gilroy <laughs> instead of Dan Gilroy. Do you, uh, I, uh, have you ever worked with anyone that calls you like Mr. 
Mr. Something? I feel immediately uncomfortable if and when it happens. Um, I get, uh, I, I've gotten Mr. Rodney. You know, that's worse. And, Mr. Uh, Rodney? All that ever makes me think of is Arrested Development. Have you, do you know the thing that I'm about to say? Where no. Jason Bateman is talking with Michael Sarah, and he, you know, that's his son, and he's promoting, he's promoting him to like manager of a banana stand mm-hmm. uh, where they sell frozen bananas. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, "Yep, you're gonna be, you're gonna be uh, the manager now. You're Mister, you're Mister Manager now." And he's like, "All right, uh, I'm, I'm Mister, I'm Mister Manager." He's like, "Yep." He's like, "All right," and he says it like one more time, like, "All right, just call me Mister Man." No, it's, it's just manager. You don't have to. You don't have to keep saying the Mister part. It's just you're just the manager, and there there have been points in time where I where I've been working that I wanted to say it's it's not it's not Mister Rodney. It's just it's just Rodney. It's just Rodney. It's just Rodney. I mean, the actual review itself was basically saying like a much more flowery way of saying Jalen Hall was great, impressive that it was the directorial debut, and also it's a commentary on. The idea that news tries to be first and not factual all the time. Yes. Okay. Great. Yeah. We great. You can just call him Jake Gyllenhaal. It's fine. We all know who you're talking. You don't about. know Wall Street Journal. They might have an obligation to do that. That's still, that's just the worst thing. Speaking of Mr. Gyllenhaal, uh, I think he's a great actor. That's just my opinion. I, I think that he's one that people feel like they. I feel like he's one that people have a distinct opinion on one way or the other. I don't think he's just sort of a run of the mill guy. Yeah. Um. I feel like you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who thinks he's not a good actor, though. That's not true, according really? to the responses we got. Uh, so mm. our topic for tonight is favorite Jake Gyllenhaal movies. Do you really love The Lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love Lamp. I love Lamp. I guess a better way of wording that is Jake Gyllenhaal movies we love, because that's why we play the, the brick drop there. But, uh, Rodney, what is your jake gyllenhaal movie that you love can i sidetrack for a second uh we I both once, know you're going to i once listened to a uh, a podcast solely dedicated um to someone trying to figure out how tall jake gyllenhaal is and yeah, i remember that because it became a thing after did i i like i maybe because they were saying like it, you couldn't find information anywhere and that it was hard to be able to tell from movies which to me, I would think like, well, don't you have any red carpet appearances? Like, you have to be able to compare him against somebody who has a measurable height. But so this whole podcast was dead set on trying to figure out what his height was, and to the point that the podcast somehow actually got Jake Gyllenhaal on the phone. No, I know. I was going to tell you what what the culmination was because you told me this today. I did a little research. Uh, they ended up it ended up becoming like a thing, like a pretty well talked about thing. To the point where I, you know, I heard about it having not listened to the podcast. They went on Conan, and then Jake Gyllenhaal came out on Conan, and they they measured him. He's five foot eleven. It, it became this like whole ordeal for months. Yeah, weird. Yeah, what a weird. I mean, anyway, what a so, weird thing. So you said that not. You said that you. That's be what I would have guessed. To find somebody who who doesn't like him. I'm just gonna say before you say your favorite Gyllenhaal movie, uh, Gigi from Massachusetts. Gigi. She said. She said, what's the deal with Jake Gyllenhaal? Is he so talented that people even have favorites of him? I feel like I live under a rock, but I'm not that into him. She likes guys who are over six feet, is what she's saying. I think so. What's your favorite? I'm not that into him. Um, <laughs> now you got me sidetracked again. Uh, one time, one time someone uh, asked my sister if I was single, 
and also in the same sentence. It wasn't, it was someone asking on behalf of their daughter if I was single and then also said, like, is he single? And two, how tall is he? <laughs> and so I said to my sister, I want you to answer yes. And he's 4'10 <laughs> to just see what the response would have been. You know, give them a nice below average height to see. Like, maybe that was, maybe that would have been a good thing. That I don't would know. 4'10 or 7'10. 710. Okay. We've had this conversation before. NBA. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're going to go into the favorite movie because I wasted enough of everyone's time. Yeah. What's your favorite Jake Gyllenhaal movie? Um, I'm sure as we go through the list, there's going to be ones that I'm neglecting when I say this one, but I really love Demolition. Demolition was great. Um, I do think it's right up his alley. I think he plays kind of a creepy character again or like, a, uh, you know, mentally disturbed. Yeah, character. yeah, exactly. Um, but in this one, he at least is more, there's more of a development that happens with him and, um, a, or really destruction before anything else happens. But, um, demolition, you might say, but demolition is a great movie. I feel like it's a, it's a movie that hasn't been widely seen, No, but well, I think we'll probably do an episode on it. Eventually. Yeah. That one's great. Deserves to be seen. Yeah. I mean, that, I feel like that was, uh. A really well-told story. And I thought he was really cool in it, too. Uh, my favorite is Brothers. Not nearly as good of a movie I know as Dem- Demolition. One that I enjoyed a lot. Tobey Maguire, Natalie Portman. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays the younger brother who's kind of like troubled, out of prison, just came out of prison. Tobey Maguire was serving overseas and is presumed dead, but then comes back. And when he comes back, it's kind of really all about PTSD. Yeah. And Jake Gyllenhaal is the younger brother who was always the problem child is now sort of taking on this sort of supportive almost older brother role as his brother's just going crazy yeah it's really well done yeah um but anyway we did get a lot of responses so i want to read through these quickly um if that's okay with you sure uh so anna from ohio actually specifically shady side ohio i say shady. that because she's a part of the she's, Reed she's podcast. A, she's on the wrong side of town right that's right the uh, shady side of ohio she said, life um, which was one that came out last year, the space movie. She said she's a sucker for movies about Mars. Oh, actually, no, I watched that on I watched that on uh, the plane on the plane to uh, to Thailand, and it was a sci fi movie. Uh, I watched it with a friend of mine who's really into sci fi. He thought it wasn't that impressive, but I I left actually saying, really, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Amanda in South Carolina says Donnie Darko. You can imagine that was a pretty popular uh, response from I a can lot imagine, of listeners. Yeah. I think probably she speaks for at least 10 other responses that we got. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Todd from New Hampshire says Zodiac. Uh, Coburn from Rhode Island says The Day After Tomorrow. That was a good one, too. I mean, well, never the first it. half of that I thought was better than the, the second half. Never seen it. I think Dennis Quaid still has never been found. Uh, I think he's still missing somehow. Under the Statue of Liberty. Ne- never seen him snow. again. Uh, Nicholas from Louisville says Prisoners. That's a good one. That was disturbing. Another was rough one. I mean, uh, he movie. plays dark characters really well. Well, he's almost the bright spot of that movie. He plays like the detective. Kind of. Anyway. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Steve from Virginia says Southpaw. That's that boxing movie that came out yeah. last year, maybe. It's pretty good. Another dark movie, but yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I had a red box that one. Speaking of red box, I realized that I've had a red box I've, for. I saw it. We've got one. About three weeks. So it's now done. It's, it's done. It's here forever. Josh from Massachusetts says end of watch. This is, oh, that's I love End of that Watch. Good. Michael Pena. Yeah, so uh, good. And Alex from Massachusetts says Bubble Boy, which I have never seen. Okay, Bubble Boy, I, like I remember when that came out. I don't know. Uh, 
probably would never make it high on my list. End of watch. There's a lot of end of watch prisoners uh, are definitely up there. Yeah. The one that what I'm about to say is controversial and maybe I'm like supposed to watch it more, maybe watch it when I'm older, but I probably watch in like mid high school, you know, somewhere 15, 16 or so watch Donnie Darko. I don't know that it ever sunk in. Yeah. I didn't really care for it myself, but maybe I need to watch it again. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. You know I, like- Sorry, it, doesn't sur- oh, I just, it doesn't surprise me that it's up there. I just don't. Yeah. I can't honestly say that I watched that and thought anything other than like, what's happening? Yeah. Someone else said Source Code, which is a movie where he's kind of like, he's. I forget the whole premise I of know, it. I, I had know. higher expectations for it. I went to see I it. I really liked it. I didn't care for it that much. I saw it in theaters. So I really liked I'd it. I saw it in theaters too. Jake Gyllenhaal. See, like this is why if someone said I'm not really that into him, I'd be like, mm, have you seen his movies though? Yeah, but to be honest, I think that, I mean, I, I agree with you and I think that if we weren't doing Nightcrawler and someone asked favorite Jake mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal movies, Nightcrawler might be my answer. I, I wouldn't disagree with you either. Yeah. Can I say I'm almost taking issue with the idea of someone saying I'm not that into him. I don't, I know that he's considered like, you know, a lot of, in a lot of circles, like a, like a handsome, like a leading actor, like that maybe I would, I would get like, so I don't know if that is what someone's think, saying, but well, this person, it seems like they were saying more about him as an actor. Yeah. Not really. I figured I've just, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to rationalize. Yeah. Like I don't get the hype. Like I would good. get that, but I wouldn't understand movie wise. Well, thank you for all the listener interaction. We love that. That makes the show so much better as we can pick through these and, and, uh, makes it a lot more fun for us. Uh, so that's our movie to, uh, to make your movie night this week, which is Nightcrawler. Well, we also give you a movie to avoid. Um, and this week Rodney is going to tee off on one. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. Well, I'm not even going to bother teeing off all that much. It's called Swiss Army Man. Um, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. You know, it's gotten like a ton of really, really positive reviews, like really highly rated movie. Yeah, well... People sometimes overthink it. People overthink life a lot of the time, overthink movies a lot of the time. And this is a classic example where we watched the trailer and I said, it feels like if this is a highly rated movie, people maybe have overthought it. And we then watched the movie. You fell asleep within the first eight minutes. Yeah, then woke back up and felt like I didn't miss much. I fell back asleep. And there are scenes... so. I mean, the idea is basically there's a man stranded on an island, and I have full disclosure, I did not end up finishing it. I did not end up finishing the very end of it, but it doesn't matter because I watched an, at least an hour and 20 minutes of a movie that to me is a man on an island, Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, gets dumped onto the ocean, who he's a dead person. Gets dumped onto the ocean? Like he like, his, you know... The waves bring him to the to the beach. So this guy who is like living so many on an thoughts island. going through your head that you're not really saying what actually happened. There's a guy about to kill himself on an island, and he sees a body wash up, and he thinks, "Is that a real person?" And yes. He goes over, and it's a dead Daniel Radcliffe. A dead Daniel Radcliffe, but not really dead. Like he's he, like gets certain like he he's farting, and which I think can happen. I think he which is really can dead. happen. It's just the guy right. in his mind is hearing him talk back to him right but then through that whole process see what you have what you miss though is there's like these like subtle things that you realize like oh he's like potentially not dead or he's just you know is having a lot of 
spasms, and that's where you fell asleep. So why is it and a movie then, to avoid? It's a movie to avoid because it's 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 makes no sense. This is a story of a guy stranded on on an island who then is using this other partially like half dead human being for a source of entertainment and he Chet, it's a movie to avoid because he is riding Daniel Radcliffe and Daniel Radcliffe's <laughs> exposed butt <laughs> is open and he's riding him like a jet ski. If you listen to the show every week, this was one of the two movies that I mentioned last week I saw that had back-to-back nights of Daniel Radcliffe's bare butt. I swear, I swear to God, if anybody, if, you can't, that's not a premise that any good movie, that's not a scene that any good movie can ever have. It did have a feel to it, sort of like, what was that old story? Like the emperor's clothes. Yes. And everyone's too afraid to say that he's naked. And the one little boy's like, you're not wearing clothes. Like, yeah. I feel like everyone's afraid to say this movie kind of sucked. But again, I haven't watched nearly as much of it as you. I'm just telling you what the critics are saying and they would disagree with you. You're slant magazine tonight. No, but I, I don't think that I am slant magazine because I'm not, I'm not just making fun of it for no reason. I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking begging for someone to tell me what I was supposed to take away from it from probably a five minute scene of him being ridden like a jet ski and the thing that's propelling them around the water is his farts so uh the reason it's a movie to avoid though is because it's one that everyone's saying to watch and if you have an amazon prime membership it's free on there so we we will bounce back and forth between that and netflix and see what's out there we're trusting rodney i trust rodney and i'm saying avoid it trust or trust chet he fell asleep in the first eight minutes that doesn't mean much that doesn't well, mean, if that's how we gauged things, like you fall asleep in every movie we've ever watched, we have to watch them three times over to make sure you see the whole thing. Not fight. always, not the great ones. No, the great ones, for sure. A hundred percent. Speaking of Daniel Radcliffe, Rodney, I think it's time to go into our segment, one of our newer segments. Yeah. Not the newest segment, that was Movie or Metal last week, which by the way, I got nothing but great compliments from movie or metal. People liked that. So we're going to have to find, I'm going to have to really find more horror movies. Basically what it was is Rodney had to answer, is this thing that I'm telling that Chet's telling me a, the name of a heavy metal band or a low budget horror movie. I emptied the chamber. I don't have any more names. I I knew it was going to be the case. Like I I couldn't possibly think like, I don't know how long that took you. So you do deserve all of the credit. Um, The only thing I can say is that I'm mad that we haven't yet watched blood diner. Yeah, so we're back this week with a who would win in a fight. And Rodney, you get to determine the answer. So in one corner, coming in at five foot five, weighing approximately 117 pounds, so a little tyke of a man. <laughs> it's a man. The boy who survived uh, the face of one of the most beloved franchises of all time, Daniel Radcliffe. He's five foot five. Five five. <laughs> So he never he never stopped being Harry Potter. And in the other corner, <laughs> he's the face I mean, I of another bad, below but... franchise, weighing in at one hundred and forty one pounds and a towering five foot six. Elijah Wood, the ring bearer. Um, it's taking I, I, it's taking me a little while to really realize that these people are five foot five and five foot six. One hundred, like I don't know. I feel like they've played 
character anyway. So who wins? In, well, I mean, I, there's no doubt. There's no, there's no doubt. Five foot six Hobbit is like a legend. Would be like the tallest Hobbit who ever lived. No, he was a five foot six Hobbit. And he was the only one they probably didn't have to do any CGI with. They're yeah, like, well, well Elijah maybe. Wood is short enough, and so he's going to be in the most scenes. He's got to be Frodo, right? I mean, um, would it help if I gave you a scenario that they're fighting over? Because I don't have one thought of yet. I mean, I already know. Okay. I have a who wins. I think it's no question that that Elijah Wood's winning. No question. Yeah, he's a tougher guy. What is one tough thing that 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 Daniel Radcliffe has ever done? I mean, he showed his bare butt twice. I think that's a tough thing to do. And if somebody's gonna reference Harry Potter movies, which I've only seen one and a half of them. I'm, all my only defense is going to be he can't use a wand in real life. No, we're not asking who's going to win Harry Potter or Frodo he could Baggins stick the wand of the something. Shire. We're talking about no, I know, but I'm saying that Elijah to me. Well, Wood. first of all, Elijah Wood has 30 pounds on him and one inch, Boy. so that's got to mean something. And it, I mean, at their weight class, that's like basically like a heavyweight fighting a lightweight. Man, that would be 30 more pounds. One I'd love to watch. I think. I think the the gloves themselves, the boxing gloves themselves, might weigh these guys down. I don't know if they'd be able to lift. Oh, them they up. definitely have to get small ones. They'd be like kind of spinning their body and like whipping their arms towards one another. Yeah, they're not, they're not lifting the gloves up by any means. But you know, I'm thinking of Elijah Wood over the years, and he just feels like a tougher guy. Elijah Wood. Yeah. Really? See, I definitely think that uh yeah i guess, i mean i guess the I, I only thought daniel radcliffe was the surefire answer the only outside chance that daniel radcliffe has is like if he has a lot of pent-up frustration of being just harry potter yeah like i'm trying to diversify i'm literally stripping articles of clothing off of me on camera and you're still calling me Harry Potter. I'm taking movie scripts that say, hey, someone's going to ride you around like a jet ski you while you fart. Fart through the ocean. And you're saying, yes, and I'll do that. That still won't be as memorable as, as your Harry Potter performance. Well, not as memorable. God, nothing's ever going to be as memorable as that. He got to play a beloved character, for goodness sake. So and now it feels Elijah like Wood, he's, right? he's upset about it. And I think that's probably why people don't really like him. That's my assumption. Here we go, down the hall podcast. uh, (laughs) Breaking news. Breaking news again. Uh, No one likes... Jake Gyllenhaal's a sociopath and no one likes Daniel Radcliffe. So the listeners chimed in big time here. Uh, 58% agreed with you. Said Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. We have smart listeners. Would would destroy Daniel Radcliffe. And they said destroy? Uh, No, I feel like that was the appropriate word, though, for this particular fight. Mm -hmm. Destroy. I don't think it would be. Would would lifelessly toss him to the dirt, and then they'd both quit. All right, well, at this point, uh, we are not completely done with the episode. Just a fair warning. I know we say the same thing every week, but we do get new listeners uh, most weeks. So we just want to say that uh, if you're new to this show, we are about to get into the section where we talk about our favorite scenes from the movie. Uh, Nightcrawler and so what we want to do is just give you that fair warning and say if you're planning on watching it and you haven't seen it yet you can jump ship now Uh, but we do want to remind you to go to downthehallpodcast.com where you can scroll down to the bottom of the page and you can uh, recommend a movie for us and for our listeners to take back movie night with also it is on there that you will see uh, Movie Rob's uh, proper review of Nightcrawler because Rodney and I don't do reviews but Movie Rob does and he's joined the team he's new to this uh, to Down the Hall Podcast but he's been uh, a committed listener. Yeah, new from to Down day the Hall one. podcast. He's been there since day one, Chad. That's true. I meant new to uh, the team. Is a better way of putting it. 
so it's cool to see that grow. And Rodney, what else do we have going on? Uh, we also uh, are always on Checked Out in Jersey on Monday nights, uh, 8 p.m. It's actually going to be moving to Thursday nights, I just realized. Uh, so Monday or Thursdays uh, at 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. But you can also just download the podcast, uh, Checked Out in Jersey. And uh, in that podcast, somewhere in the first usually 30 minutes or so, we go on there and talk about what our movie recommendation for the week is. Absolutely. I'm excited to hear what they have to say. We we most recently told them Ex Machina because they were on a little break. And so the most I, recent movie was Ex every Machina. time I'm always excited to hear what to they have, have to say. like it's to me, it's like feet to the fire. Yeah. It, it's know? a, it's like a weekly barometer for us. Are people I, actually benefiting from this? Like, I feel like we don't, you know, we usually get positive feedback, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like anybody on Twitter. If they, if they're not going to, if they don't want to see it and they probably just don't go see it, they won't you know? tell us. Or if they, started it and didn't finish it they probably won't say it but we generally only hear from the people who loved the movie or were excited to watch it yeah. we don't hear from people who are like yeah i watched it wasn't my favorite or i'm not yeah, planning yeah. on seeing this one yeah Although or my... press us on how, why it wasn't good right my so. uh my brother dan uh told me last week that his he and his wife were planning to make a movie night out of ex machina so i asked him how it went and he fell asleep but he said he liked it what he saw and they're planning on watching it and finishing it Ex Machina is a movie that you don't want to watch if you're like borderline. Definitely not. Like it's it's twelve thirteen a.m. right now, and is it? Yeah, I nice. would like to watch something, but I do know it's it's borderline time. It it Absolutely. you know it's really bad either way because either I fall asleep or I don't fall asleep, and I have to work tomorrow. <laughs> I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. <laughs> All right. So speaking of details, Rodney. Uh, are there any details? What's your favorite scene now that you aren't so worried about spoiling it for people? I mean, I guess you have to go with the final scene is, is the ultimate decider or the ultimate <laughs> payoff or whatever the term is. It's too late, Chet, uh, where you just realize he is a straight sociopath. He basically lets his really loyal assistant down, you know, who yeah. basically is probably Let's working down. For him. He let, let him die. Let him die. <laughs> Rodney, I'm getting. I'm not I'm glad getting to all know my that that's out. your standard for being let down. <laughs> yeah. That makes me feel like I'll never be able to let you down. Yeah, I as mean, long as I don't let you die, I haven't let you down yet. Right, and then even the, and even still, like I'll die maybe like optimistic, like you might just not let me down. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, officially, was... when you've let me down, I'll be dead. So you, I won't ever have committed that thought to my brain. The thing about that scene is it showed how ridiculously committed he was in a bad way to to his endeavor to where even human life didn't mean anything to him. Yeah. And I think, well, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? Is you go, okay, to some degree, maybe with our jobs or whatever, like maybe we can all become so focused that we're sociopathic in some way, right? Like that certain emotions go out the window cause it's just a job. But then this is like the ultimate test of this is your partner. This is someone that you, your friend that you've been working with, that you've been getting to know yeah, of all the people of all the people that he interacts with in the movie. This was the one guy who you thought he cares about because it's helping him in his endeavor at the very least. Yeah. And, instead, and if nothing else, like, you know, he is looking out for the kid to give him a job or whatever. But yeah. instead when push comes to shove, he's using him. He's going to let him die yeah. for good footage. Let him down, down, both synonymous my, my favorite scene is probably a little bit more obscure and uh and really quick scene it came at the beginning of the movie before he starts doing the filming for any of it um 
he's he's in his apartment and he's watching a movie from the 60s called The Court Jester with Danny Kay. And the reason that was my favorite scene is because it was a window into like, there was something super creepy about the fact that he was watching that movie, which is like a comedy from the 60s, like about a medieval jester. Watching that movie by himself, like kind of quoting it in this like dark apartment room. And just I don't know, laughing to himself. It was just something yeah. real creepy. But I couldn't, can't yeah, place, I can't it, place why. It no, was no, no. Weird, yeah, it sets the tone. It sets the tone. He's a freak. I mean, I I recognize the movie because I, yeah. I like I know it, and it's a good movie. But there's, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But the the idea that he was watching it by himself was just weird. Yeah, just something about it was yep. strange. He's a freak. Anyway, that was a great one, and I'm glad it's on Netflix because that way it's easier for people to find. I feel like we try to diversify a little bit, but it's always nice coming back to. Uh, the good old the Netflix, yep. the OG. You heard that they're uh, Disney. They're cutting bait. They're creating their own stations. You hear that? I heard that. I did hear that. What's that going to look like? I think that might be. Uh, I mean, probably a lot of Disney. Like... I mean, I, what do, what does it look like? I don't think that people necessarily will stop subscribing to, to Netflix because of it, but I definitely think that parents will be signing up for the Disney service. Do you think it'll just be strictly Disney movies? Disney Probably originals. just all Disney stuff. Do you remember in the 90s, they would like pretend that movies were going in the vault? Like it, they, they would release, Disney would release movies out of the vault that you could buy for a limited time that they'd go yeah. back into the vault. Oh, yeah, do you think this would be that. like all the vault is open and all the movies are accessible? Maybe. And that's why, regardless, I I never would doubt Disney. I got to like, watch Moana before. I was just going to say, Mo- that was my first thought. I, I haven't like, seen Moana I yet. never finished Moana. Sheepers. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I saw it at work, and I remember thinking, huh, "Never saw, never finished Moana. Guess I never will." <laughs> that was my that was my thought. If it's not on net. If it's not on Netflix, it's not for me. No, I just like I feel like you know you could Redbox it and hold it for twenty five. But days that's like I why with, I don't even remember what movie that was that I rented. Bleed back for there. this. Bleed for this. That's, that's why we usually target netflix or amazon prime is that they're just so easy you have a remote control well not everybody but you probably you know probably a lot of people have remote controls that have a button that starts netflix that just lets you just hit up one more button and you're watching a movie yeah i mean i think we're all we're all pretty comfortable with our understanding of how netflix works yeah but i'm just saying like there is something to be said about even like i don't even want to have to like go through the hassle of trying to figure out like how to navigate on demand anyway that's rodney i'll check Let's go.